Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. HopeNet Radio. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio, the show where conversations save lives. I'm Jeff. I'll be your host tonight. It's so good to have you along with us on the show. My great co-host, DW. How you doing, man? Good. Good to be with you. Good to be with our listeners. You know, I, I keep thinking more and more about hoping that they will uh, grasp some of the conversations we have and start really thinking about them and passing them on to people and using them to start discussions maybe with with others about what we need to do to have these special conversations to save lives. There are many, many great podcasts out there these days, and yet I've gone and searched around and I've tried to find some that are relatable to teens, young adults, especially you know, in life and navigating some of the ups and downs. Uh, there's one really great worship song that talks about how God is working everything together for my good, and I found in my own life that sometimes I forget that in the midst of my chaos and the mess that I'm in maybe, or the, the situation that at work, that God is actually working those things together. So this show will hopefully encourage you in your walk, encourage you in your faith to not give up, to not throw in the towel and just say, fine, I'm just going to let life just take me as it were. We really want to give you some perspective. We want you to know that you do have real significance, real hope in this world. And hopefully something we talk about, the guests that we have on the show will bring you some encouragement this week. So glad that you've joined us here on the show. Join us on the Tweetback right now. We're firing up Twitter. So if you're on Twitter, just use the hashtag HNRTB. It's the HopeNet Radio Tweetback, and you can be a part of this conversation with us. And tonight, Dave, I kind of thought, you know, beginning of August, we're coming into a new month. And, you know, it's that kind of that dreaded point of summer. I yep. don't know about you, but it seemed like whenever August hit, the only thing that I was looking forward to was football season, kickoff and everything right. else. Yep. But everything else is now building towards getting out of my summer routine and into my school routine and yeah. just all of the feelings that some of us love school. For me, it was like, I just, I love summer. Like I played soccer. Right. I had, you know, I had time with some of my friends that I didn't have during the school year. I didn't have to worry about, you know, going to bed early and waking up early. I could sleep in or whatever I wanted to. And not always the case, but for many yeah. summers, that's how I spent my yeah. summer. And so my schedule will be changing at the end of August, maybe in September. And so maybe there's a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of unrest, a little bit going on. Yeah. I think for everybody, that's true. In fact, my summers as a kid, I was always at camp all summer. And when I went back and I lived in Chicago and when I went back, I felt like a caged animal. Yeah, I did. It was like I had this woods to run around in and all this freedom and then I go back, and everywhere I go. We were talking about this morning. My, I grew up in a house that was really, really small in Chicago. But that was because you weren't expected to be in it. You're expected <laughs> to be outside on the streets. Well, the streets were all paved. So you're always out on cement. You're always out. You know, it's different than here. Yeah. And, um, and every year, a new class. Every year. I mean, there were new kids, new expectations, new teachers that bring some anxiety. So people are thinking that way, and uh, they need to think that way. But... They also need to understand that it's normal to be looking forward, saying, I wonder what this is going to be like. 
And for those who are new, you were a teacher. So you're coming at this from oh, yeah. a teacher's perspective. Well, even a teacher's perspective. I mean, every year when I started a class again, they were all new kids. Yes. And you know what? Teachers actually do like children and they like to be liked. You know <laughs> what I mean? But but you have to train them and teach them. And, and some classes are easier to do that with than others. But so you're getting a brand new class. And this class, you know, first day, they're coming in with great, nice clothes and, they're, I mean, everything. Oh, yeah. And, and before you know it, you, you begin very quickly to recognize where this is going mm. uh, with the people in the class. Uh, to me, it seemed like I always had, like, these two really nice girls in my class. I was a fifth-grade teacher, and, and that was really good. And then I had all these boys normally that would have, be all boy, really, and yeah. enjoy being boys. And so I would always have to look at the girls kind of like, help me out here. And, and, and they would be there to help me. And I was always wondering, who's going to play that role this year with me where I can look at them <laughs> and, and get through the day sometimes? Yeah. Uh, but teachers go through it and students go through it. Any new situation. You know what I really like? If I'm in a new situation, I really like to talk to somebody who's been in that situation. Hmm. Because then they can help me figure out how to navigate, how to, how to do it and be successful at it. Because they've already learned the hard way, yeah. I think. And, and if there's just a little tidbit at the beginning of the show here, I think it would be really good to, uh, if you're anxious about, you know, the fall coming up or whatever, I think it'd be really wise for you to just go tell your parents that or somebody who's gone through that and just sit down and talk about it. That's not really a weakness. In fact, we all know that that happens to everybody. It happens to the teacher. It happens to the students. In uh, some of you that are listening, you're going to a new school. You're going to be the new person. You're wondering, will I fit in? Will I find friends? Is this something that's going to work out well? Am I going to be made fun of? Are there bullies there? By the way, bullies are not new. That's been going on for eternity. Oh, yeah. So, so that, you know, are, there will be bullies there. And it's a matter of understanding what goes on. So we understand that that's how it goes. But have the right expectation that that's going to happen and start talking to people who have been there before you. And uh, make it an exciting journey of discovery rather than uh, always looking and thinking people are evaluating you. Yeah, and right off the bat, I just want to encourage you, those who are listening, this is, if you're going into school, going into your maybe your college semester, or you're getting ready for maybe your senior year of high school, or just getting into high school, I just want to encourage you, this is going to be the best year of your life. Yep. I just want to encourage you with that. I don't know what that means. We're going to talk about that and unpack that a little bit on the show yep. tonight. Uh, one of the other parts of the, tonight's show I want to talk about and get to eventually is talking about this other part of it. You kind of touched on it, Dave, where... Not only are we anxious, but will people accept me? Maybe you're going into a new place and you're going to a new school and new people around you. The idea of fitting in, yeah. of knowing who you can go to is a new concept. This is something that a lot of times it brings anxiety to us because we don't know who we can go to. We don't know who's in our corner. Yeah. And, and I think that's a, that's a very important thing, especially for teens. For me growing up, you know, my, a lot of my friends were pretty diverse in high school but I loved fall when I went to high school because that's when soccer season was. So I was around guys that I didn't normally hang around because uh, my story is I wasn't a popular kid on campus. I wasn't one of those kids that was uh, very outspoken and out in front of people. I tended to kind of, even though I was an extrovert, I was a, kind of a caged extrovert. But you're so cool now. You're so cool now. I, I don't get that. Some might say that. Yeah. I, you know, but I was different in high school, okay. I guess, than I am today. So that's that's probably a distinguishing thing. I hope all of us are different from when we were in high school because that could be the longest five years of your life. Yeah, could be the longest ten years of mine. It could be very yeah. well. Yeah, uh, but anyway, it's it's important to know who's really in your corner. You said something very significant. If if I would give like one real quick tidbit of something that I've learned, both as a teacher and a student, those who go into a new school 
and they're asking this question, who is going to help me? They usually end up being pretty miserable. I would go in with the opposite question. Who can I help? Hmm. And, and, and I'm telling you, you change that. You go into a situation where you're saying, who can I help? I want to promise you something. If that's legitimate, if, if you really look for people to help and make successful when you go to school, all of a sudden, all of the idea and anxiety and wondering if you'll be accepted will fade away because you're looking for people to help and they will be amazed. I, I've, I've had young people do an experiment where they go in and they make sure they don't talk about themselves. They make sure that everybody they meet, they talk about that person, they get to know them. I've had them come to me a month later and say, you know what? Nobody's ever even asked about me yet. Hmm. I know that. But how many people really want you around? All of them? Now use your influence to bring them to Christ. I mean, that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. it's an idea. It's a mentality. If you go and you're, you're, you're anxious about, I wonder who's going to be my friend, and I wonder who's going to take care of me, and I wonder who's going to be in my group. Instead, go and say, I'm going to see who I can help, and I'm going to try and bridge groups, and I'm going to be the, the person that I'm not going to give them a real legitimate reason to dislike me. You yeah. know, in there. And, and you know, you're going to have bullies who don't care. They're still going to throw pies in your face. I mean, yep. they're, they're going to. Yep. That, that's not the issue. Hopefully but, it's good pie. Yeah. And if they do, you know, you find out you've been so active helping others that they come to your rescue. That, that's exactly what happens. And so uh, you can minimize it. And I know we weren't getting into real solutions yet, but I thought, why not just throw a tidbit in this first section? And I think um, the people who have done that little thing, it's made a huge difference in going into a brand new school brand new situation, brand new career, brand new. It, it's made a big difference. And they did see down the road, and they were disappointed, by the way, down the road, because it, it did seem like people enjoyed you being about them. Yeah. And, and that's something we can talk about. But it, at the same point, um, that's how God made you to give and not take. So we, we can talk more about that in more segments. First thing tonight, we want to talk about some of the newness of a school year, how to prepare for that best, to deal with the anxiety. Uh, secondly, how to handle rejection in life. I think this is a big topic among young people that isn't talked about very often. So we want to talk about rejection. And then if we have time to, I want to tie this into our calling. A lot of people kind of throw around this word calling, like what's my calling in life? Um, how am I wired? Like what are my giftings? I want to talk about this, kind of touch on it, and kind of give you some, maybe some pointers to help you understand how you were made and uh, and what you can do in your life to better prepare yourself for where God is taking you and, and really what your calling is in life. So the conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. Are you hurting? Stressed out? Need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Subscribe to the HopeNet Radio podcast using your favorite podcasting app. Just visit HopeNet360.com slash podcast, and you can subscribe there. Be a part of our online community. We hope you guys do that. Thank you so much to those who do subscribe to the podcast. You guys listening on the podcast tonight. Uh, it's just it's great to have you on our conversation. And of course, right now we're on Twitter. You can log in and chat with us on our tweet back. Use the hashtag HNRTB. It's the HopeNet Radio tweet back. And we'd love for you to be a part of the conversation. Dave, tonight our conversation, pretty hard hitting. This is the time of year where sometimes some of those little jitters start to come into play about, ooh, the next season that's coming in fall, yeah, it just means my schedule's going to change. And I know we've talked about this in previous shows and previous episodes, but it keeps coming up over and over again. People that just comment in or they, they're sharing about how they're just feeling anxious. Yep. 
And it's it's it seems like this is not just a cyclical thing, but it's a very personal thing. A lot it of people is. are going through the feelings of anxiety, you know, just the jitters, and you know, for those who are not as as wealthy or as affluent, they're not able to to just invest in a whole new line of clothes and everything else for the school year. So there's a lot of different stressors going on right now in families. And uh, I just I, I hope tonight we can have some encouraging encouraging discussion about this. How to navigate that? How to actually handle anxiety in a way, and maybe shift our perspective about really what's important at the beginning of the school year. Yeah, anxiety is actually something that people actually go through all their life, whether they like it or not. Um, for example, uh, somebody gets sick in your family, and they have cancer, and you have anxiety. Now you have children. And when you're pregnant for the first time and you don't know what that's like. I never got pregnant. No, not you. That would really be anxiety. I don't even want to know about that one. But (laughs) when you're a couple and you have a baby on the way, there is anxiety. When somebody's getting married, there's anxiety. In fact, sometimes weddings are like the roughest thing by the time they come around Mm. because of all the anxiety that went into the wedding in a a sense. And I I think what we have to do is try and pause and learn from that a little bit. Here's a general rule that I know. Anxiety doesn't solve anything, never has. Did it ever confuse when the Bible says, be anxious for nothing? I always thought that was just a, sometimes a load of bunk because you're kind of thinking, yeah. well, how can I not be anxious? Yeah. I, I was not good at handling anxiety when I was a kid. Right. But let me ask you this now, separate from all, everything else. What did anxiety ever cure? Uh, nothing. I didn't know that it was a cure So at it's all. pretty wise that God said, be anxious for nothing. Why? Because it doesn't work. It, it doesn't do anything but destroy you. There, there is nothing there positive that, that helps you in anxiety. So, so if I go to a doctor's office and I'm suffering from something and I'm, and I'm sitting there going, oh, I wonder if I'm going to get a bad report. I wonder if I'm going to get a bad report. Now, that's pretty normal, and I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. But that wondering and that anxiety is not going to cure anything or change the report. Yeah. You know, so what do you do with that is the question because going into a situation, uh, whether it be school this fall, whether it be a new job because you just graduated from college, you know, whatever it might be, going into getting married, going into having children or having a second one or having a third one or whatever it might be. Each one brings its own anxiety. Yeah. So what do you do with that? I think that what we have to do is begin to understand who can change things and who already has been in the future, who is there, and start trusting them. Yeah. Because really, there's nothing I can do about what the plans are for the future. So I need to fit into them, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I, I think of the young people, too, that this summer they've probably been up with maybe living with dad. Right. And so the broken home situations that are going on, and now you have to go back and live with mom, and things are better with dad than they were with mom. Right. And those realities, those are everywhere. Right. And so that that in itself, we're we're entering into a time of year that not only is anxious for those who are just uncomfortable with changing their schedule, but uncomfortable changing their living areas. You've got kids that, and then they have to find their class and yeah. you know, everything often, else. Often we fight it by trying to do something that doesn't solve the issue. For example, man, I'm really anxious, so let's go get ice cream. Yes. You know that's, what I mean? That's a great anxiety it, it, deflator. It is, and I love ice cream. And, and while I'm in it, man, I'm not thinking of anything but a kuna matata. Uh-huh. I, I mean, at that point, it's like, and, and, and I put real maple syrup on my, my vanilla ice cream, you know, and I'm going, ooh. And this is raspberry season, so I'm going out to get raspberries and throw them on there. And I'm thinking, does it get any better than this? The world is getting bombed. Everyone's dying. Everybody, But I'm eating ice cream right now, right. and I'm okay. And unfortunately, that doesn't solve anything long term. That just gives me a moment where I can enjoy my ice cream. 
Yep. And and so those that are listening and wondering in life, you know, I've got some really tough decisions. So I think I'll go buy a pizza, you know, or I think I'll go find some friends and we'll go jump off buildings with parachutes or something. And I'm going to go do a yuck thing. You know, I mean, not a bad thing, but where, you're, you know, you're going Yahoo kind of thing. Right. You know, And then you wonder as soon as you're done. It goes, I still got to go to school on Monday. Yep. You're sleeping going, I still got to go to school on Monday. Maybe I'll get up and have a bowl of ice cream. Yep. You know, sorry, that's not going to cure it. What that's going to do is put a lot of extra pounds on you. And in the process, then you're going to go to school going, how come I'm so heavy? Well, because through the summer, whenever you started to think of something, you went and grabbed ice cream. And it gave you a moment of reprieve. And the truth is, ice cream isn't evil. That's not bad. It just doesn't solve your problem. And what does solve your problem? Well, really putting life in having the right expectation in life. And the right expectation is pretty simple. There is a God. I'm not him. He made me. You know, I, I like to think of Luke 12, 7, where it says this, where God says, and the very hairs on your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You're more valuable to him than a whole flock of sparrows. I mean, the point Jesus was making was simple. Do you think God doesn't know what's going on? Do you think he doesn't love you? Do you th- Every hair on your head, he knows. You might say, well, that's just a euphemistic phrase that I don't care what it is. Mm-hmm. The, the bottom line really is the point that Jesus is making is that God loves you. So let me think about this for a second. God loves me. He's my father. He wants me successful. Why am I excluding him from this process? See, I shouldn't exclude him. Ice cream is okay, but God is better in, in, in actually coming up with solutions. Yeah. And, and so what, what we need to understand is, is really, um, you know, as I'm saying this, Jeff, I will bet you there's some people listening that go, well, that's nice. What do you mean God's my father? And what do you mean, you know, how can I, how can I trust him? You, you sound like you know him. Well, you can know him. Yeah. You can be in a relationship with God. And you've heard me say it often. He's older than you, smarter than you, and loves you. You could trust him. So mm-hmm. you can. And, and if you're wondering how, go read John chapter 3. A guy named Nicodemus came and asked the same thing. And God helped him through that. And after you read John chapter 3, go to hopenet360.com and talk to a life coach. And say, you know what? I, I really want to have this relationship with God that will help me uh, so I can understand how to go through life and go through anxiety and go through. I really want to be in God's family so he's my father. And tell the, the life coach that and let them talk you through it. Hopenet360.com, go to the life coach. After you, if you have a Bible, after you read John 3, read the chapter and then go go talk to that coach and see what happens. Yeah, and this kind of fits into our next part of our conversation. Really, anxiety, I think, if, have you guys ever watched a turtle seen a turtle maybe oh, across yeah. the road or, oh, yeah. or had a, a pet farm where they had a pet turtle. I've smashed them too. Well, let's not go there. No, that's, okay. that's sad. That kind of doesn't fit. But Did I just seen... ruin the whole story? <laughs> <laughs> have you seen <laughs> what happens when you either get too close to a turtle or not a snapping turtle, but one that's a little bit more shy? A painted turtle. Yeah. What does it do? goes in its shell. It goes in its shell. And I feel like at this time of year, when we get anxious or we get afraid, we go back into our shell and we just kind of get into our safe zone. And all of a sudden, all that I look around, I see a bunch of shells. But then there always tends to be one that just stands out where the turtle's not in its shell. Yeah. What happens? I don't know if this is scientific or not, but what happens if I was that turtle that had my 
had pointed out, I would hope that I would begin to see other turtles right. start poking their heads out. Right. You need to have someone that starts that process to get yeah. the turtle back out of its shell yep. to bring it a safe place. And that's, that's what every person needs. So in handling anxiety, I don't know if you can change it just by medicating it. I don't know if you can just change it by therapy. What I do know is there has to be something that brings you out of your shell so that you can begin to bring other turtles Absolutely. out of their shell. So I want to encourage you with that. We're going to continue this conversation when we come back here on the show. Remember to chat with a live coach anytime you need to at HopeNet360.com. Also join us on the tweet back. We're hanging out. Use the hashtag HNRTV. The conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Connect with us on the tweet back right now. Just use the hashtag HNRTV. Or anytime you want to shoot us an email, you want to be a little bit more anonymous, email us at hope at hopenet360.com. But so, we are hashtag friendly. We are hashtag friendly. Yes. And a lot of places aren't, but we are. We are. Yeah, and that's meaningful. Yeah, because really, <laughs> we like a true old guy. Because <laughs> <laughs> really, we don't have any real agenda except no. to make young people, young adults, even parents, successful. Does anybody ever hashtag hashtag? I've seen it before. Okay, just wondered. Yeah, I've seen actually somebody not use the pound sign, but just put hashtag real life or hashtag I love my friends, or so, so they write out hashtag. No, I've I seen that think, too. I want to go just hashtag hashtag and see what I find. Go for it. I mean, right. it, it's wide open. It's probably weird. But I can be weird. It's Twitter. All right. I'm going to try it. All right. Do it. Join us right now and uh, be a part of this conversation. We've had a really good conversation, actually, talking about turtles in the last part of our conversation. And one of the things that is a great illustration for me is understanding you know, just, just how turtles respond to fear. Every animal responds to fear differently. Some run, uh, some fight. I mean, if you make a grizzly bear mad. He's going to come after you. He's not going to run from you, <laughs> yeah. typically. Sometimes they'll run from you. If you Toads go to the bathroom. I remember that as a kid. <laughs> they do. Yes. You pick them up and they went on you. I, I, and I thought, man, that's a good strategy oh, right man. there. Skunks, they yep. spray you, yep. and that's miserable. Yep. So every animal's different. Turtles, though, they go in their shell. Like yep. That's their own because they're not fast enough to run it, you nope. know, run away. Nope. They can't swim away fast enough, so right. they have to go in their shell. And I think this time of year, people are starting to kind of get back into shell mode. Mm -hmm. There's something about when a turtle is among other turtles that are in their shells, but there's a turtle that's got their head poked out. They're walking around. They're kind of looking at it like, what's yeah. everybody doing in their shell? Yeah. And we're not talking personality here. Personalities are different. You've got introverts, extroverts, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And some might pe some people might say, you know what, I'm, I'm more introverted, so I'm, I'm less comfortable when I go to school and that kind of thing. You know, I understand that. But if you are introverted, you know, you need to understand that that's a gift that God gave you mm -hmm. and that what you want to do is get close to a couple of people and not a thousand people. Yeah. So concentrate on a couple of people. There are other introverts in your class that would love to be a part of what you're doing or in your workplace or whatever you're starting new. There are other introverts that would feel the same way. So why don't you identify them and go and say hi? Uh, and that's a really positive thing. Uh, extroverts, you don't have a problem. You're you're starting to do the limbo the day you walk in, and and you want everyone to join you, and that's okay. The guys that jump right up and do the limbo with you, those are the guys you're probably going to hang out with. Uh, and and sometimes what we do is one group looks at the other like they're more positive, or they're boy, I wish I was more outgoing like them or whatever. Don't yeah. do that, because really, every personality that God has given us, there there's a real positive side to it. And there's a real negative side to it. And we really need each other. 
If you are a Christian, if you're a believer, God calls us to be a part of the body of Christ. And the body's really different. I really don't think if my elbow could think on its own, and, and it can't, and I'm not teaching that it can, but if my elbow could think on its own, it might be saying, I really don't need that toenail for much. You know, I mean, really. But honestly, the whole body is fit together pretty nicely, and each one does its part, and it's really good. And when you understand that, you have more confidence. And if you don't understand it, and if people don't understand it, just realize they don't understand it. Don't, you know, they'll get there one day if they really pay attention. Yep. You know, some of the the deep fears, the things that can help you identify if you're in your shell or you're not in your, or if somebody that you know of is in their shell, is I think it's 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 very prevalent. Uh, my wife has spent time talking, mentoring young women. And I'm sure Dave, your wife has had these mm-hmm. conversations too, where young women are very self-conscious about their body image, yep. about feeling ugly, feeling like they're just worthless, that they're not beautiful, even though this is the time of year where you're going to go school shopping and maybe get a new pair of pants or whatever. I don't know what girls buy. I'm sure you guys are more in clothes than I am. But for me, I always love getting new shoes at the beginning of school year, new gym shoes, because that was cool. It just seemed like there was just this this kind of fear, and whether you're an introvert or extrovert, am I going to be significant enough for people to notice me? My struggle was I wanted to fit in, but mm-hmm. I was very limited, or I was not. I didn't really get what it took to fit in. I guess I don't mm-hmm. know. There was just something like it. It seemed like there was a bit of science to it. I just didn't fit in. Yeah, you know what? I think today there's a, a new challenge because I think a lot of the clothes scream, "Look at me!" Oh, very much it, so. It, and in my day, they didn't. You know, I mean, they really didn't. I remember as a young man when uh, designer jeans came out. That was before that. It was Fleet Farm jeans, Wrangler jeans, Lee jeans. I mean, that was it. Levi jeans, whatever. But then all of a sudden, designer jeans came out, and designer jeans were different because they had something on the back pocket that brought your attention to them. Yeah. So now it started to show your behind. You know, I mean, and so all of a sudden it was like body parts that were being highlighted, and and it's been that way ever since. I mean. It, what I would encourage people to do is is to find clothes. You know what? If if you're going to th- try and impress people with how you look, that you're going to wish you didn't do that down the road. And I'm just saying as an old guy because down the road, how you look is going to change. I mean, I'm pushing 60 years old. I am not the man I used to be. <laughs> and, and, and you know what? That's going to happen to everybody. Yeah. And so you really want to be in a situation – where that's not what drives you. And if no one else is there, you be the one that's there. Because you can start a whole new thought process by, I think, dressing nicely. Yeah. But not saying, not screaming, look at me or look at my body parts or whatever it might be. Because that's where it becomes unhealthy in, in many respects. You don't want friends around you, by the way. You just don't want friends that are so shallow that all they care about is how you look. Um, you just don't want that because that's not going to last long term. Yeah. Um, so I, I think get in the habit of realizing that, yeah, I, I feel that pressure. Yeah, I want to look nice. But be careful if it switches over to I want people to really notice me when I walk in the room. And I want people to think I'm, you know, drop dead gorgeous when I, you know, walk in. I think that you're you're selling yourself cheap on that one. And I think down the road you're not going to be satisfied with life too much because that's really not what it's about. Yeah, I don't know if there's a perfect line of clothes for anybody to get into because honestly – we all wear clothes and you could spend your time thinking a lot about that. Like, right. how do I not make it about me? I think the reality is, is just find something you're comfortable in. Yeah. And that's, that'd be my fashion advice. Find something you're comfortable in. Don't, I mean, that could relate to wearing sweats all the time. 
I guess if sweats is your style, go with your style. But you know, for me, I've had the same pair of jeans. I'm I'm pretty fine yeah, with you and I are guys, so girls yeah. do it differently. And here's what I advise the young ladies. And, and I've had a couple daughters, and I teach a lot of young ladies. And basically, I, I ask them dress in a way that doesn't make you stand out from the crowd. Dress in a way that doesn't scream. Look at a certain body part. Just do that. Not give them how many inches or how many this or how many that. You know, dress in a way that doesn't necessarily scream, look at me, but in a way that blends in so that you're not necessarily, you know, the one that stands out when you walk in a room. Because that isn't long-term, that's not what you want. And long-term, that's not going to bring you success. In fact, it's going to go the opposite. The people that really are around you, as soon as that goes away, you get sick, something happens to you, they're on to, you know, fields that look nice again. And and they abandon you. You want friendships that are deeper than that. So don't start by, by setting yourself up for failure. There you have it. Fashion advice from us on Hope from Net From Mr. Radio. Fashion, Dave Wager. Yes. yes. Don't tell my wife I gave anybody <laughs> fashion advice. Here's the truth. In the in the seam of my pants, she has to write the color shirt that goes with it. Oh. Yeah, because I can't tell. So if you're listening to my fashion advice, look out. Uh, however, my fashion advice is very general, so it wasn't about what colors to wear. You know, for those guys, you know, guys don't. They probably don't struggle too much with fashion. Maybe you, you do. I don't know what kind of guy you are. But anyway, if you're a guy, most of them are more feeling like, you know, I'm just not good at anything. Right. I, I'm the problem. I'm, I'm part of the problem. I, I think there's no greater uh, anxiety maybe to guys than the realization or the struggle with doing things right. Dave, you talked about working on a lawnmower or whatever. You're working on a small engine and uh, having to learn from somebody. I don't think there's anything more frustrating for a guy than to be Kind of that spinning squeaky wheel, mm-hmm. you know, that you do not know how to do something right. For us guys, there's something about respect, whereas a girl is looking more for that value. So they look for value from, do people accept me because of what I wear, what I, the person that I am? They, they're focused about that. Guys are right. more focused on earning respect, being able to hold their own when they're doing a job, doing something they're entrusted with. And uh, so guys are wired differently. I think we need to cover this a little bit more in the second half of the show. And we will. Connect with us right now. We're on Twitter. Use the hashtag HNRTB. Of course, if you need to, you can take a break with us, and uh, you can catch the rest of the show on the podcast. You can subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. Visit HopeNet360.com slash podcast. The conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to the second half of HopeNet Radio. Jeff DW, your host tonight on the show. Thanks for joining us and being part of the conversation with us. If you missed out on any part of this conversation, you can subscribe to the HopeNet Radio podcast on your favorite podcasting app. All you have to do is go to hopenet360.com slash podcast. And you can subscribe on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitch Radio, or you can grab the feed and subscribe on any of your favorite apps that you use for podcasting. If you don't know how to podcast, I think you have to find an eight-year-old out there who could probably hook you up. Dave, I know you've, you've got one of those running around yeah. here at camp. Go, go hashtag podcast. Yeah, there you go. That works. Yeah. 
And, uh, of course, be a part of the conversation. If you are on Twitter, use the hashtags. Use hashtag HNRTV. And who knows? You might even end up in tonight's show notes, which are also available at HopeNet360.com. The show notes are there for you to go and grab some links. We can post some videos. We can post some visual aids. Maybe uh, Dave and I in studio might do a little selfie with our non-selfie stick. Uh, but anyway, yeah, you never know. You never know what'll show up in the show notes, but they're always encouraging you, always inspiring you to take it to another level. They haven't figured out how to give popcorn through these things yet, though. There's got to be virtual popcorn out you there know somewhere. What I mean? Well, not even virtual. I mean, somehow serve somebody popcorn right through the computer so they could be eating it while they watch something. I mean, that'd be very interesting if you can figure that one out. They're working on holograms. I think that's coming. Can you eat a hologram? Uh, not yet, but it might be a reality hologram. All right, all right. We'll, we'll see what that does. Hashtag, uh, I don't know what's going on. All, all right. I know all I know is they're low calorie. All right. I, that I like. Yeah. So there you have it. So, so popcorn, though. Yeah. Low calorie popcorn through reality hologram. All right. Whoever invents that, uh, send me one. I will send you a cookie. Yeah, thank you. It, yeah. It, well, not you, unless you're going to invent it, Dave. But I'll, I'll, whoever cookies. invents, whoever invents, I'll send you're, you're them. You're back on food here. Cookies? Can you get cookies through computers? I will personally mail whoever invents reality hologram popcorn that I can eat that's no calorie. I'll send them a cookie. All right. What kind? Something with a lot of calories in them. All right. Very good. On, man. On with the show. All right. So tonight, our conversation has been on a couple different topics. We started out talking about anxiety. This time of year can be a little anxious time of year for people. And we've been talking about painted turtles. Painted, what do you call them? Painted, yeah, yeah. Painted turtles. Painted turtles. Yeah. And uh, we've we've been talking about how sometimes this time of year is when we all kind of begin to act like a turtle in a way and we kind of go into our shell and get a little bit tense and maybe jittery or whatever. And for various reasons, some of you are looking at a change in your schedule. Some are changing their living quarters, living areas, and just new season, new time of year. Not always an easy time of year of adjustment. And, of course, we want to help you to navigate that. We talked about some of the turtle things. And, Dave, I think it's so important that as we're talking about rejection and the idea that I'm going back into a space where people may not accept me for who I am. They may not like me for who I am. They might have some kind of presupposed ideas of who I am. They may not even know who I am. But they have a notion of what kind of person I am just from how I look or how I talk or how I act. That we have to understand what it takes to get people out of their shell. And I just go back to that turtle reference that – the turtles don't start coming out of their shell until really they can see that somebody else is yeah. coming out of their shell. Right. You know? you know, one of the jobs we have as, as Christians, if you are a Christian, one of the jobs we have is making other people successful in life. And so we're always looking to others to see what we can do to help them become what they can become. And that's very important that we understand that. So one of the ways that we, we go into a new situation is looking to help others and realizing who they are, what their gifts are, and how we, we might participate with them. That will get people out of their shells, and, and we will see a, a greater response even to our presence in that sense. You know what I find is people don't have permission really oftentimes to be who they are. I mean, really, they don't. Right. So like an extrovert would like an introvert to be more extroverted, and, 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 and an introvert would like an extrovert to be more introverted. Hmm. You know, and instead of let's, let's enjoy who they are and what they bring to the table in personality. I'm not talking about sin or something like that. I'm talking about personality-wise. Did you ever see, by the way, an introvert trying to act like an extrovert? Yeah. It's pretty It's pretty awkward. Socially awkward. Yeah, it's really awkward. I mean, I have seen this over and over again. In fact, I had a young man once come, and he was really concerned. He was in college, and, and he wasn't dating anybody. And he said, I'll never get married because I'm an introvert. And I said, really? I married an introvert, and I tend to be introverted. So <laughs> what are you saying? 
Yeah. Your theory just fell apart in my marriage. It, <laughs> it doesn't work. And he said, no, you know what? It's, it's all the extrovert guys. I mean, if you're out there doing the limbo and making jokes, and you know, it, it, everybody loves you. Yeah. But, but if you're me, nobody loves you because you're kind of sitting there like a turtle. And everyone's ignoring you while they do the limbo. And they're looking at this other guy. And I'm thinking, no, you don't get it. Be who you are. He didn't listen to me. And I had been around him quite a bit. The next time I invited him over to play some games with some people, I'm telling you, he was trying to be an extrovert. Mm. He was. And everybody was looking at him like, ugh. And it was terrible. It was absolutely awkward, terrible, any word you want to put to it. But like somebody said a joke that wasn't even funny, and he started holding his stomach laughing and thinking, oh, man, that's great. And, and I'm sitting there looking at him going, be quiet. What are you doing? I remember afterwards saying, what did you just do? He said, well, I'm, I'm going to be more of an extrovert. And I said, please don't. <laughs> you know, I mean, this is a terrible thing to do. This is a bad idea. That's solid advice. Yeah. For you know, sure. What's interesting is. It could even go way further than that. Think of it this way. If I'm an introvert, extrovert, whatever I am, let's say I'm an introvert. God made me that way. And whoever I marry someday, if I do get married, and singleness is fine, by the way, if you do get married, um, all of a sudden, my whole life in order to get married, I acted like an extrovert. And once I get married, I go revert back to my introvertness. I just messed up like a big system there because the person I married doesn't even know who I am mm -hmm. at this point. And likewise, it is really important for you to be who you are. And some people say, I'm just this way. I'm just self-centered and I sin a lot and I lie a lot and I throw darts at people. Well, that's not what I'm saying. That's not being who you are. Mm -hmm. But it's really important that you are who you are. By that, I mean if you're introverted, extroverted, if you love sports, if you don't love sports, if you, if you love to write literature and poetry, great for you. You know, if you're a musician, good for you. Be who you are. Enjoy who you are. God made you that way. Don't try and be somebody else because when you try and be somebody else, it's awkward. And, and everybody but you know it's awkward. And then people start avoiding you like crazy because you're one awkward person to be around. But this is what we're talking about because I think there are a lot of young people that listen and are thinking that's what school is. School is just awkward. Yeah. I mean it's hard to be yourself because being myself, I'm just awkward. Yeah, it just—it's an awkward stage in life. Yeah, but but you're not awkward. See that you're just saying that because you're trying to set up a norm that everybody goes by when that's not even possible. I mean, everybody is different. How many people have you seen that look and act exactly the same? I haven't seen hardly any. I mean, I've seen some identical twins and that kind of thing. But you know, you know how creative that is for God to be able to create people in a way where they're all so different. You're different. Celebrate the fact that you're different. The Christian uh, analogy is the body of Christ. So you're a knuckle or an elbow or a, an armpit. You know, I have no idea. They're all important, by the way. You start messing with those body parts of mine, I'm going to get ticked with you because all of them are necessary to accomplish what we need to accomplish. Yeah. Uh, some of them, yeah, you put a shirt over them or whatever. Some of them you get to see. But don't try. If, if my knuckle tries to be my tongue, this is going to be weird. That's all there is to it. There, there's no way to work this out. So don't be somebody you're not. Enjoy who you are. And I would even suggest this, that not only should you enjoy who you are, but you should encourage others to enjoy who they are and not try and make everybody like you so that you can understand who they are. They're not like you. The opposite is uh, very important. My wife is different than I am. I actually think I was extroverted and I think I moved more introvert. Some people say you can't do that. I don't know. But really, my wife and I are completely different in many respects. We depend on each other. It's really important that those differences come out. And, and so we applaud it and celebrate it instead of thinking that it's detrimental. If you surround yourself with people who are always like you all the time, 
you are going to make some huge mistakes because every gift also is a curse and you're going to go in the direction that gets you in trouble. So celebrate the differences. All right. When we come back, I'll share probably one of my least favorite memorable rejection memories in my life. So uh, you'll want to check that out. Of course, be a part of the tweet back tonight. If you're listening online, you can chat with us right now. If you're on Twitter, use the hashtag HNRTB. And of course, check out tonight's show notes. Lots of other links and some things that we've said on the show will be in tonight's show notes. So visit HopeNet360.com and the conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Having a great conversation on Twitter. Join us to use the hashtag HNRTV or just send us an email to hope at HopeNet360.com. We hope that you would be a part of this. Many people are chiming in and uh, big topic, Dave. I mean, talking about anxiety, talking about people that are stuck in their shell I, for one, for a long time, I think it's I think it's natural for a lot of young people going through high school. Middle school was kind of when it started for me that I just began to live in my shell. And actually, grade school, uh, I'll share this story real quick. My probably the most memorable first time that I was really rejected by someone significant was this little this young girl. I think we were in fifth grade, grade school. And uh, of course, grade school romances, teachers are, if you're a teacher in an elementary school, you're just kind of laughing because you've probably seen it all. But for me, I was a shy kind of a kid when it came to girls, you know, dating relationships. My friends would have a girlfriend, but I was like, I'm not cool enough to have a girlfriend, right? So I decided I was too chicken to ask her out. But somehow, somewhere along the way, someone convinced me to, I don't know if I saw this somewhere or whatever, but instead of asking her, I would just pass a note and this note wasn't really a long letter at all. It was a survey. There you go, man. Everybody's cringing right now. Yeah. You guys, are, yeah, ask a girl out through a survey. Do you like, do you think I'm cute? Do you like me? Circle yes or no. Do you want to go out? Well, yeah, three no's on that survey. Yeah, that, that's got to be <laughs> devastating. And I did not marry the girl that I hoped that I would ask out in grade school. So yeah. there you have it. But I did marry my youth group sweetheart. There you go. And uh, I'm definitely blessed in my own life. But, you know, rejection, it, it turns up in so many ways in our life. And we were talking in the break, Dave. Rejection among my peers growing up for me, I was fine with that. Yep. I was, you know, my my claim to anything famous would be when I was in high school Playing soccer, our soccer team, my senior year went to state. We were excited, thrilled about that, had a great team. I connected with those guys in ways that I couldn't do through the school year. None of my grades would measure up to theirs or down to theirs, as it were. But I just wasn't popular. Mm-hmm. But I could handle that. Right. I was fine with that. I could I could go hang out with the, the people who didn't fit in, and I fit in with those people. Right. So I was fine with those people. I was cool. you know. But being a Christian, being someone of faith, principled person, it was socially acceptable to be a smart kid, to right. be an A student, a B student, have a 3.5 or higher. Okay, that's that would be, to me, that'd be smart if you're still using GPA. I don't know what they use these days. But to me, that was acceptable. But in a public school, being a Christian was a little bit stigmatized. Right. You know, so you kind of walked into class and you, you know, if you had a question of how this book you were reading or whatever, if it, con- it was contrary to something biblical and you raised your hand, you were like, so... 
you just kind of stuck out like a sore thumb. And it was almost like if you didn't get the teacher's approval that this was okay to talk about, man, that's a different kind of rejection. So right. rejection from authorities or people that are influential in your life, to me, that was much different than my peers. Oh, it is. You know, I, I remember as a young man, I, I didn't know girls existed in fifth grade. So my generation was a little different. We didn't even notice them until high school most of the time. And then they were still irritating most of the time. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, then you notice them somewhere. I can't remember where. But the, the bottom line really was when I was a young boy, I tried out for a baseball team. We've talked about this. And I got cut from a no-cut baseball team. Now, that was the authority in the world to me. That was a coach that basically said, you're so bad. Now, this is a kid who got, you know, last picked anyway for all the stuff. This is a kid who, I, you know, I knew I wasn't uh, the world's best baseball player. But that's why I think my parents sent me to play baseball on a team, a no-cut team. So that I could start to gain some confidence. And then I got cut from a no-cut team. And I still remember my dad, you know, when I came home and told him, he goes, you're kidding me. <laughs> now, that was really hard because I, he wasn't beating me up or anything. It was like, uh-oh, you got cut from a no-cut team? And, and I'm sitting there thinking, now I'm feeling worse. You know, it's like, yeah. I really let my dad in on the secret of how bad I was. <laughs> now, my dad knew how bad I was. You know what I mean? That wasn't a secret. But, but you thought it was at that point. I'm telling you, that was far more devastating than um, kids who called me names or whatever else it might be. And then I remember when I got into high school, I actually went through a period where I was in a, I had some hip problems and some operations in and out of wheelchairs and that kind of thing. And I gained a lot of weight. I wasn't very athletic. I already wasn't the guy that people wanted to have around. And now I became a heavy little guy. And really in the Chicago public schools where I grew up, I was the kid they made fun of. I, I mean, there's always a kid. I was him. Mm -hmm. And... I remember when I was going to high school, my brother was a swimmer and I wasn't. And uh, I thought, well, I can't do much because of my hips and they, they weren't well enough then to do them. But I could swim and it must be genetic. You know, my, my brother's an undefeated swimmer and I'll, I'll go and swim. Hmm. So this chubby guy, if you can picture it, uh, squeezed on a Speedo and, and went into a routine to try and swim. I remember my first race was a 100-yard freestyle race. And the coach had a rule. If you're going to swim, you have to finish the race regardless of how far behind you are. Hmm. Well, it's a sprint. It's four laps. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, after two, everyone else was out. Oof. And I had two laps for everybody to watch the loser. Mm. And if you ever want to be humiliated with the whole crowd yep. watching the loser yep. for two laps, and I can remember even in the pool, I was crying as I, as I did my strokes. Yep. However, here's what happened. All of a sudden, my coach, who was not a Christian, but is today, and my brother hmm. got in between me and the crowd. And they started to cheer me on. Cool. And I started to focus on them. I was okay. Two examples of how things are different. One, with you, school, me, I mean, my, the coach of the no-cut baseball team messed up. Mm -hmm. The coach of the swimming team did not. And God used that to bring this coach or, or partially to himself one day. The rest of my life, my brother and this coach, I believed were in my corner. And, and they helped a young man at a point in life where he needed help. Even though there were only two people that seemed to cheer me on, the next season, I worked hard all season. The next season, I went undefeated in swimming. And, and I did it because of this coach. And I listened to him. And he was going to do something with me. Those that are listening, if you're young, I want you to understand the importance of aligning with adults that believe in you and want you to develop into the person you should be. And not to those who will demean you and be sarcastic and, and, and try and just get a victory out of whatever. And those of you that are uh, adults that are listening to us, think of the encouragement that you can be to that next generation. Because the people who are in authority, whoever they are, 
are the ones that really make the most devastating claims if it's negative and the most powerful claims if you can get somebody. And, and I'm not saying to lie to somebody. Yep. I mean, I knew the time of my first 100 yard. It, it wasn't good. Mm-hmm. And nobody lied to me about, you're going to be an Olympic swimmer. I'm sure. Nobody said that. And if they would have, <laughs> I would have looked at them and spit at them or something. It's like, right. no, that's not what's going to happen. But, you know, I did see two guys clapping. And when I got out, they said, you did the best you can. We'll keep working at it. You know, I mean, it wasn't, I don't remember exact words, but I do remember that, okay, if I'm going to focus on somebody, man, it's not going to be that crowd because they were laughing at me. Yeah. And I couldn't do anything about it. I did my best. Yeah, I was a chubby kid in a Speedo. So I guess, <laughs> what do you expect at that point? But God did it. He changed things. And I learned a lesson from it till this day, obviously, that I yeah. still know. Yeah, and I'm I'm pretty sure Nancy Sweaterpelts could have beat me on speed skating, even with her bum knee when she was. Do you know that that was her dad, my coach? Yes, I did. So, so. That same same guy. So go back and listen to that program. But her dad was the one that actually was my swimming coach at that point. And we'll link that into our show notes tonight. You know, rejection. Those who do not feel rejection are those who don't accept no for an answer. I think tonight it's so important to know rejection. Rejection exists as long as you allow it to. Right. That's a huge truth. Like to me. I wish an adult would have come into my life and say, you know, Jeff, you're feeling left out. You're feeling not included. You're feeling like you're just not cool or popular. I just want to encourage you. Rejection is in your mind. It truly is. Oftentimes, that is something that it's not just our peers or even our teachers. It's something Satan uses to drive a wedge between what God created us to be and who we are right now. And we see this in in the Old Testament quite a bit. I think when we come back, I want to point out some examples that we can go through and and talk about people that actually felt rejected, people that God used in great ways in the Bible even, but at first they felt like, I'm nobody. You know, nobody likes me. Nobody cares who I am. We're going to talk about this when we come back on this show. Make sure to chat with the live coach tonight if you're going through something at HopeNet360.com. They're there around the clock. They would love to chat with you tonight and just be an encouragement in your life. The conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Check out tonight's show notes as we're closing up the conversation on HopeNet360.com. You can go there and check them out. we got some links, some different articles, and some comments that we've made on the show. And, of course, your tweets. So if you tweeted to us on the tweet back, we might even include those in the show notes as well. You just use the hashtag HNRTB. They might show up in the show notes. might be cool to put that out there, your thoughts. You guys have some really great insight, and it's always great every week to have some great conversation going on about whatever topic we're talking about. So, of course, if you want to go and catch some of our past episodes, they are available at hopenet360.com slash podcast. More on that later. Dave, we've been having a great conversation tonight. Every week we have some phenomenal conversations, but this week, for me, it's it's personal because I've dealt with rejection. I've, I think every one of us has dealt with rejection in some way. And to be honest, I think it's, it's something that won't go away yeah. in our life. But we have to know that life isn't just about rejection or being accepted, right? really. I mean, and we look in the Old Testament, you found some really great stories, different people that I didn't really point this out or identify this when I read through some of these guys' stories, but guys like Jeremiah, Isaiah. Yep. You know what? If we take the creation story out of the world, then you and I are accidental blobs of protoplasm, and there's no hope, and we're not. God actually created the universe, and he created me, and he loves me. 
And every person in the Old and New Testament, if I could find a motive, I went through the Bible once and looked for how can people stand against the crowd? How can people who didn't feel good about themselves, how could people who got beat up and made fun of, how can they stand so strong? What did they know? I wanted to know if there was a common thread. And I found one. In Jeremiah 1, 5 to 8, it says this. Jeremiah knew this. I knew you before I was formed. God was saying about Jeremiah, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my spokesman to the world. Oh, sovereign Lord, I said, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. See what he thought about himself? Don't say that, the Lord replied, for you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you and don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you and take care of you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Hmm. See, Jeremiah had to understand something. Before you were born, I knew you. There's a purpose to your life. Very important. David, he says this in Psalm 22, 9. Yet you brought me safely from my mother's womb and led me to trust you when I was a nursing infant. I was thrust upon you at birth. You have been my God from the moment I was born. Do not stay far from me. Mm. See, David immediately said, you know what? I know you've been around since the day I was born. I know you created me. And again, you think of, we're not teaching creation. We're, we're debating about abortion. I mean, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, think of the ramifications of, of this. You go to another, Galatians 1.15, where the apostle Paul, but something like something happened. For it pleased God in his kindness to choose me and call me even before I was born. Hmm. So God knew all these people, and every single one of them, if you look what Paul went through, and you look what David went through, you look what Jeremiah went through, so far, every single one of them went back to the fact that before they were born, God knew them, and he created them and gave them purpose. They were convinced of that. Now, now, if you're not convinced of that, I think you're going to struggle. Uh, the, the next uh, verse, John 1, 1 to 5, in the beginning was the word that already existed. He was with God and he was God. He was in the beginning with God. He created everything. There is nothing that existed he didn't make. Hmm. So John knew there was nothing that ever was made that, that God didn't make. That yep. talks about creation again. Isaiah, the prophet, uh, listen to this passage in Isaiah 49, 1 to 5. Listen to me, all you in far off lands. The Lord called me before my birth. From within the womb, he called me by my name. Now, now, that's pretty interesting. He made my words of judgment as sharp as a sword. He hidden me in the shadow of his hand. I am like a sharp arrow in his quiver. He said to me, you are my servant Israel, and you will bring me glory. I replied, but my works seem so useless. See, now Isaiah said, my works seem so useless. Yep. I have spent all my strength for nothing and for no purpose at all, he says. Yet I leave it in all the Lord's hand. I will trust God for my reward. Verse 5, and the Lord now speaks. He who formed me from my mother's womb to be his servant and who commissioned me to bring his people of Israel back to him. The Lord honored me and my God has given me strength. Every one of these people understood that it was God who gave them their importance. And that's extremely important for us to grab. Here's what I found out, Jeff. Um, Many of us in life really work at trying to be needed when we're not. Hmm. We're wanted. In my marriage, I understood this many years ago that I really don't need my wife, but I desperately want her. Hmm. And there's not a human being in the world that wants to be needed. And when you're working at being needed, you are going to be frustrated because there will come a point where you realize you're not. And that's not what you're made to do. God Almighty, the one who created the universe, actually loves Dave Wager. And before I was born, he knew my name. And before I was born, he set me apart to do something. He doesn't need me to do it. He wants me. He wants me to be a part of it. He wants me to be a part of his family. He wants me to be a part of his life. I want my wife to be a part of my life. I want her to be with me. When she's in a different part of the house, I ask where she is. 
I want her with me. Do I need her with me? No. But it's not special to have a need. It's special to want. Hmm. And really, when I go to school or I go to a job and I'm going to something new this year, what I'm, if I'm trying to make myself indispensable or I'm trying to make myself needed by people or I'm trying to be the life of the party, I'm trying to make sure everything's okay, you're trying to do something you can't do. How about accepting the fact that God wants you? And if you've never understood that, go to HopeNet360.com, talk to a life coach. Let's, let's get that straight. But God Almighty, the King of the universe, the one who made it all, knew my name before I was born, wants me to be a part of what he's doing, and that's what makes life special. It isn't the fact that I'm needed because all along I wasn't needed for baseball, guarantee it. Wasn't needed for swimming, guarantee it. This girl that you sent a note to, Jeff, she didn't need you. So right. that, that was very clear. But you know what? Eventually you got married to somebody who wanted you. Yeah. Now, you didn't go and find somebody who needed you. There's somebody that wanted you. Mm-hmm. And that's what's special about love right there. I think Satan gets into our lives and he mixes those two words up. and We have a hard time figuring it out. And really, we mess up all of life because of that. Listen to me, young person. Please don't go to a new situation trying to be needed. Go looking for others to help them be who they should be. And if you ever get anything special out of life, it's going to be because somebody wants you, not because you put yourself in a position to be needed. It won't work. You're not made that way. And it's not true. My dad died one day of a heart attack very suddenly. He was in charge of five different ministries, I think. I, I'm not going to go back and count them, but yeah. a lot of ministries. They all went on. I said at the moment, everything's going to crash. The world is going to end. Mm. And you know the next day, Jeff, what ticked me off? The sun rose. My dad died and the sun came up. Mm. I thought the world should have stopped, and it didn't. I learned something that day. God didn't need my dad. God wanted my dad. Yeah. And and I needed to learn that because I was even positioning myself to be somebody needed and I was missing out on the blessing of being wanted. That is so profound. And I think anyone anyone who's struggling with feeling rejected, I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know if maybe you're dealing with pe- just past wounds in life, you know, being rejected by even those who whose womb you were in. I mean, these are there are some deep hurts in our life. I found in my own life that hurt people hurt people. So the fact that I'm being rejected for something in my own life by somebody else, I think that just shows that they've been rejected in their life and they they have wounds as well and it's it's important though that we not only are we aren't just people who experience rejection but that we turn it on its head and we decide to be a person who is going to help somebody else come out of their shell i think that's so important as we're talking tonight on the show and of course come and chat with us we're, we're gonna hang out on twitter a little bit longer just use the hashtag hnrtv be a part of the hobnet radio tweet back and uh, this is a bigger conversation next week i want to just tie in a little bit with next week we're going to talk about calling because that was kind of the next part i was hoping we'd be able to get to it tonight on the show it's a long conversation this is a, a i think it's a deep deep issue that we needed to talk about and really unpack a bit more and as soon as we begin to understand that we don't have to feel rejection when we understand that god accepted us before we were even born we have a foundation of acceptance people's acceptance or rejection in our life shouldn't really matter as much that we can begin to pursue after that calling God has on our life. And this word calling, we've talked about it on the show in past episodes, but a lot of young people right now, you guys are thinking, man, what am I going to do with my life? What am I going to, when I graduate, when I go off, maybe I'm in the midst of a college or uh, maybe a work career right now that I'm not sure is the right place for me. 
and you begin to ask these bigger questions. We want to talk about this next week on the show. So join us for that. Of course, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitch Radio, or your favorite podcasting app. Visit HopeNet360.com slash podcast. And of course, chat with the live coach anytime you need to. And they're there around the clock just to encourage you to help you unpack this even more. Maybe you've been experiencing rejection. They're there to help you through those tough times as well. So for Dave, I'm Jeff saying so long. We'll see you guys online and next week. Bye.